happy Monday, everybody. And thank you so much for tuning into the Charity Movement Podcast. Um, Thank you to everyone who has been supporting the movement and supporting our audio and visual podcast. I appreciate it. And I am so excited about this episode. Um, This person is my friend and we are going to dive in the topic of dropping the dead weight, okay? Didn't the scripture say that we are laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us? So we want to drop everything that is causing us to be stagnant from every plan and every purpose that God has in our lives, okay? So I have an amazing person to talk to us about that today. We're going to be asking her some questions and we are about to get kind of in her business, her her business business. You see what I'm about to say? So I have an amazing person. She is my friend and my sister. She is a wife, a mother. She is a baker, okay? She can cook. Hello. She is a teacher. She is a support group leader. Uh, she and her husband have an organization that really addresses the loss the losses that we deal with as couples and as uh, women. And so she is just an all-around powerhouse. She is a prayer intercessor. She is a doula, okay? So we're about to get into all of those things. And she is just an amazing woman of God, okay? Oh, and she also sings. Huh. She does everything, okay? So I present to you my amazing guest today, her name is Anisha Stanley. Come on, y'all. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I am so excited. I am too. Thank you. Good. You are so welcome. And I love that God allowed us to meet. And of course, we'll probably talk about this later. Mm-hmm. But I love how God allowed us to meet. And I love all the things that you, I mean, all the ways that God has really pushed you and opened you up to grow just in the time that I've known you, like mm-hmm. the doula and everything. So it's just, it's just awesome. Okay. I'm so excited. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's get into this first question. What is Keys of Hope and why did you start it? Okay. Um. Well, Keys of Hope is so dear to my heart. Keys of Hope is actually something that I'm doing in memory or in honor of my children and um it's very personal to me because my husband and I have experienced pregnancy loss recurrent pregnancy loss so I've had um, three miscarriages and two life-threatening ectopic pregnancies and um it was in the recovery of my last loss in 2018 when I lost my last baby I was just tired and I literally was just like, God, I have no more fight. I have nothing else to give to this situation. I need you to speak. And I removed myself from everything. I removed myself as far as like, uh, you know, why me? Or what's going on with me? Or what happened? And who, what, when, where, how, and why? And I just began to say, okay, God, what are you doing? Who is this for? Yeah. What are you preparing me for? You've allowed me to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. And this thing tried to take me out. And see, like a shadow, shadows appear to be something bigger and scarier than what they really are. But you was with me and I'm here. So I don't know what's going on and they don't feel good, but I trust you in your word. So I really just like laid myself at his feet, surrendered everything to him and just positioned myself for ministry I didn't know what it was um unfortunately for me when I was experiencing my losses and losing my children I had no peer support I had no one who experienced pregnancy loss or miscarriage or infertility or anything um to talk to candidly transparently Mm -hmm. um I made the mistake of thinking that some of the people who were in my circle that I could confide in them you know, about certain things and that they would understand and some people didn't. And I come to found, find out that it was actually the ones who were not mothers and were not married, were the friends who actually showed up for me. And so basically, I just really had a heart of compassion for yeah. the Pale family. And Pale is Pregnancy and Infant Loss. That's what that acronym is for. I had a heart for them. And I just began to cry out like I... Um, what about other families who are experiencing pregnancy loss 
going through the same things I did. For me, I, I went through, um, I suffered nightmares, hallucinations, um, a lot of trauma, PTSD, um, suicide ideation. I was just like, this is too much. I could be done. You know, yeah. um, the enemy really had a hold on me. And um, because I had nobody to talk to, I had no one to point me in the right direction, no one to really support me, no one to really understand what I was going through personally. You know, it's one thing to read a book or to go online and do some research, but it's another thing to talk to somebody who has been down that road and know yeah. exactly what that's like. And I used to tell my husband all the time, I wish I knew someone who could um, gauge me like a thermometer and say, this is where you are. I know where you yeah. are. And I know you're going to, you're going to be okay. You're like two steps away from this, mm -hmm. or I see, you know, a little bit more work that you need to do. And so anyway, I just began to cry out to God and seek him about um, support for other families. Um, because I did call agencies and different organizations here in town. Nobody called me back to give me that support. So there was a void. So I began to say, okay, God, um, I see a lot of things on, you know, Instagram, a um, couple of events for the Pale family. And I said, wow, I wish something like that existed here. Um, I would go and I would connect with some people. And we see walks and marathons and other events for all other kinds of causes. But why isn't there anything here in town, you know, for pregnancy and infant loss or child loss or infertility? Yeah. And he t literally told me, he said, it doesn't exist yet because you have yet to create it. Ooh. I said, okay, <laughs> me Ooh. create what God? Cause I'm broken. Mm. How am I supposed to, you know, create something? And I've never done this before. You asked me to do something that's heavy, but when I, um, came home from losing our last baby hope in 2018, um, God had began to speak to me and said that everything that I was going through was because I'm a curse breaker. And because I had the power to break it off, not only myself, but for women to come behind me and those in my generation and also in my family. I didn't understand exactly what he meant at the time. Yeah. Um, but I can see that now and that anointing is flowing through me and God has given us Keys of Hope. So Keys of Hope is a nonprofit organization and we have a um, support group. It's not your woe with me typical support group. Your tears are welcome. Your grief, your sadness is welcome. Um, however, that's not where God wants you to stay. He wants you to get back to living a life of hope yeah. after loss. How do you get back to hope? So he gave me six keys, keys of hope, like a key, you know, somewhere in my little key now. <laughs> What's so funny is that actually like months before um, he told me anything about keys of hope, I had randomly bought this necklace because I needed one more item to get to like a certain discount or something oh. like that at the store. <laughs> so I turned around and looked and there it was, but he led me to it. So it was on me the whole time. Wow. And so he gave me six keys of hope. How do you get to hope? Well, number one is understanding grief and support, understanding those models. Some people don't know that they can be, that there is stages to grief and that you can be in the same stages or all five stages in one day, at one time. And it feel like you're crazy, you're going crazy, but you're not, you're grieving. Um, so we talk about grief and support. Keep hope number two is friendships. Our friends are vitally important to our lives. Um, they're the first people that we connect with and learn how to share and do things with, you know, per kindergarten, preschool, you know, you meet friends and that's how you learn and evolve and grow and things like that. Um, but some of our friends don't understand what to say to yeah. a woman who's experienced loss. Sometimes they figure they say nothing at all, but actually that's not not a good thing. Um, so we just talk to the friends and invite them to have their besties to come to the support group. And we just talk about their loss and what's your perspective on what do you think or know that happened to your friend and how can you better serve them and just show up for her, you know? Um, we also talk about keep hope number three, which is family relationships and marriage. Um, my husband and our pastor takes over that one. That's the men takeover. And I love that one because God moves in that group because men, our husbands, our, our significant others, they grieve also. You know, yeah. not only did we experience the loss, but they they've they um, have lost a child also. And so it's important for men to get together and really talk about their grief. And we also share about how um, 
the healing and grief, you know, is not the same. Men grieve differently and that's okay. And then we also talk about how our marriage was impacted by the loss because of my grief. And um, literally I had lost my mind. I didn't even know who I was. It was just, it was a lot. It was real heavy in our marriage, but I thank God for a redemptive plan that he gave my husband. And so we go through little exercises with other couples. Um, key of hope number four is self-care. It's just important to know that, hey, the pain is not my fault. But the healing is my responsibility. And I learned yes. that. Yeah, that I mean, is vital because nobody called me back. I called several agencies like I can pull up my phone records from that season. And you can see all these different agencies I called and left messages wow. with and nobody called me back. And so I said, OK, God, it's me and you, it's you and me. Mm-hmm. what are we gonna do right. you know what are we gonna do and so he began to give me a self-care plan and taught myself how to affirm myself and how to mother myself I needed to nurture myself or as my great-grandmother told one of my aunts one time it's called massaging your feelings you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got to take care of yourself and massage your feelings and work Absolutely. through your thoughts and stuff like that so that's very important you know a mother who loses their baby the first thing is like what did I do oh mm-hmm. was it that that food yeah. I ate last week uh, was it that trip I took? Oh, I signed up for an exercise class a couple months ago. Could it have been that? You're just trying to figure out why. And as a mother, you take on that guilt and that shame and beat yourself up so badly. And we, we tend to forget to take care of us. Yeah. So we get back to us. Um, keep hope number five is faith, faith, faith. God, where are you when I lost my babies? Where are you when I'm grieving? Where are you when I'm sad, when I'm crying? You know, I love his word in Psalms. It talks about how he actually bottles up our tears. Yes. And I love that because every tear, I remember one season after it was in 2017 when I lost my son, I just wanted, as a worshiper and as a prayer warrior, I couldn't pray. I couldn't worship. I was broken. I was hurt. So literally I would get on my knees and get ready to pray. And I just had tears. Wow. tears and they just flowed and flowed and flowed but I know and I believe that like it's worse is that he collected all the those tears and he's worked that um that grief through for me so we talk about faith and just understanding what does God's word say about faith how do you get faith how do you move forward with hope um where is he at where is he in his presence when we experience loss especially something like that and we also look at some women in the bible hey what we've experienced is not new Rachel Rebecca Leah Hannah um, Elizabeth, Mary, Sarah, they've experienced barrenness, Hannah in the Bible. And so uh, we just look at their lives and what God did for them and um, just connect that to our faith. Just get back to faith and and not blame God because a lot of times we are angry and upset at God yeah, that he allowed true. it to happen. We know that he didn't mm-hmm. cause it to happen. He didn't make it happen, but he allowed right. it. And it was allowed for a reason. You know, sometimes we will know why. Sometimes we never will know why, and that's okay, but we don't want to lose our faith because guess what? He's the only person we can depend on through something as big as this anyway. Um, And then our last key of hope is um, dreams and goals and visions. You know, like the word says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And a lot of times, you know, after such a loss, because that pain is so heavy, it's like a pain. I didn't even know that pain existed until Mm -hmm. I lost my own babies. And you're just trying to figure out life after that. And I remember my husband helping me create a simple goal to help me mentally because what we're eating for dinner tonight, it will just drive me nuts. Like I had high anxiety, just trying to decide what we're going to eat for dinner. Yeah. After that loss, you know, it really took me to a a low place mentally. So he helped me to recreate uh, some goals, just set something simple. And once I saw that, hey, I can check that goal off. I completed it. I did that. Then I started to see I can do more and I can do more. And it can be something real simple. But um, I also had to understand that I'm not the same Anisha who I was before so I had to rediscover who I was and understand that hey I have a new vision and a new perspective and a new outlook on life and that's okay so hey I'm Anisha Stanley I'm a mother who's lost five babies and I have a rainbow baby thank God for her I'm so excited about her but I had to reintroduce myself to myself and get to know myself and be okay with it or I would say a person that was always there some strength and grit that I didn't know was there but it emerged 
out of that. So that's what keys of hope do. We we walk them through those six keys of hope. How do they get back to um, hope, living a life of hope after loss? And um, it's just so powerful. God moves. And I'm happy to say that many of my women who've gone to the support group have messaged me even the other night while we were completing our third group session, um, called and said that, hey, they're pregnant with their rainbow baby. So God has been moving. But a lot of them was like, you know, I wouldn't have been able to um, conceive again or get back to like, you know, a life of hope had I not met you or gone through that through through the support group. And so that's what we offer. Um, We just offer them hope. We offer them those six keys. And we also give them a gift, which is pretty much a self-care survival kit to nurse myself back to health. I now give to these women um, because I just want to be a blessing to them. So not only are they getting the education and the resources, they're also getting um, direct contact with different, um, get that education about maternal health care. Good. That is amazing. Um, That is amazing that you do all of those things, that you um, teach these women and these families the six keys. Um, And so now that we've talked about the six keys, we've talked about what you do. We've kind of talked about who you are and who you are now. Um, What would you define a dead weight as? And how was that? How did you identify that in your life? Mm-hmm. And then how did you let that dead weight go? Wow. Um, I had a lot of time with myself. Like I said, I came to that revelation or God gave me the revelation that I'm a new person. And so a lot of dead weight for me that I have been shedding over the years <laughs> was... Um, well one in particular I'll say now in this season grief I'm getting the grief out of my body I'm learning to let it go and get it out because um, as the years go on there will always be triggers like due dates birthdays anniversaries Um, your body remembers triggers of the seasons of which you know I lost my children or it would have been their birthdays or something like that Um, and in those seasons you know of course, it's easy for one of the stages of grief, depression to be yeah. really high. And I don't want to be there no more. Like I have my days and I have my moments, but I don't want to stay there. Absolutely. I want to move on quicker than I have in the past. And so the day away from me um, is whatever is leaving me like stagnant, that's stopping me from progressing, whatever is fogging my mind, my vision. Um, that's keeping me from fulfilling my purpose. Um, so right now in this season, because this was like one of the seasons in which I lost my third baby in 2017, it was been, you know, a little hard the past couple of years around this season, but I'm doing much better. So I'm just trying to get that out of me because sometimes I've been finding myself the past couple of weeks, just want to do nothing. Just wanting to get in the bed same thing I did you know in that same season but I recognize that it's the triggers and um those things are just trying to you know keep me from actually moving forward with what I really need to do you know even my daily things a list of things that I need to do um another thing that I've had to identify with as dead weight was like um some friendships I've, I've decided to walk away from some friendships um for a lot of reasons, but when, especially when I um, particularly were, you know, going through the loss, it was more so some friendships where they didn't take the time to try to hear me and understand where I was coming from or show up. Like I said, it was more so like my friends, my two best friends who lived out of state, they lived out of state, were not parents and were not married, not in the same position as I was. They're the ones who showed up with like get plane tickets and come home and see me and take me out and say, come on, we're going to eat. We're going to go sit down. I just want to listen to you or just call me, have a regular conversation. You know, don't just text me, like pick up the phone and call and see about people. You know, sometimes this technology has been keeping us, you know, um, away from actually being personal yeah. with people. Um, and in those seasons, when you know somebody's going through something, they need to know that 
you were there. So pick up the phone and call. So for me, I had to let go some of some friendships. And, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot. Even, you know, we met on those premises talking about, you know, friendships and letting go of some things that may have hurt us. But I'm so glad I let it go because I learned um, a lot about me. But then God also began to just speak to me about, you know, people not having the capacity to actually probably be what it is that you want them to be in certain seasons. Yeah. And that's okay. You have to learn how to let that go. And so moving forward, when it comes to friendships, because I finally let go of the dead weight, when I'm moving forward in friendships, I'm treating it like a date, like data. Um, date Dating comes from like that root word of data, which means to collect the information. And so even when you're in your friendships, it's like, I need to collect the information. I need to know how you fight. Yeah. When your back is against the wall, mm-hmm. I need to know if I can call and pray for you or if you can call and pray for me Yeah. or I can call you and tell you, you know, hey, this is what's going on. Um, Even something that may cuts me to my core. Can yeah. I trust you with that information? Um, You know, just anything. I need to collect this data. I need to know who you are when the road gets tough and when when the sun is shining. I need to know all of that. So before I start um putting all my eggs in one basket or invested in this relationship. Yeah. I need to collect my data. I need to do my work before I put a final decision together and say, okay, that's my ride or die or who they are. So that way you can place them properly where they go. Because some people we put in our inner circle, no, they need to be in the crowd. That's your occasional <laughs> friend. They're not, you know what I'm saying? They're not yes, that yes. inner circle person yes. who can be in the living room or at the kitchen table. Everybody yes. doesn't deserve to be there. And that's that. And that's okay. You know, so drop it. Once I learned that, you know, let that weight go and then learn that and get that revelation. Now I can approach friendship differently. So, okay, Kira, don't call me back. Okay, she busy. You know, yeah. I'm not going to take it personal or something like that or whatever, you know, I'm just, I'm just I'm, and I'm free. I guess I would say once that dead weight has, has um, been shed, I've found freedom. That's A amazing. lot of freedom. Yeah. Thank That's you. amazing. So you talked a little bit about those that were there to be with you during that hard season. You talked mm-hmm. about your husband. We're going to talk about him in a second, but you talked about um, those friends that weren't close by in proximity, but they made sure that you knew that they were there for you mm-hmm. and that they were supporting you during this time. Um, was there anyone else or did you find, like you said, that with health um, care and groups, nobody called you back. So did you find that every single time you went through this, like you didn't have anybody to depend on or it was just a few? It was just, a, it was a few Um what was funny is that actually once I started breaking my silence even more, I found out that more people actually went through it. Wow. Then they, you know, didn't talk about it. It's like everybody jumping out the bush. It's like, hey, me too, me too. Right. Like a me too movement. It's like, well, where were you? Where were you? Exactly. Yeah. But um, like, okay, for instance, my mother, she's had four successful pregnancies. No problem. So she, of course, was hurt because I was hurt, you know, as her daughter. Yeah. And those were her grandchildren, but she really couldn't like identify with me and understand her. The only person I feel like that could have really, really helped me was my grandmother. My grandmother had just passed away that August, wow. right before I um, experienced the reoccurring pregnancy losses. Um, but other than that, it was, you know, my, my, my husband was there. Of course, we went through it together and I'm glad that uh, we got through um that together because actually 40% of marriages actually end in divorce due to an infant loss, a child loss, or a pregnancy loss. And that number, that's high, you know, but I thank God that we were able to walk through it together and support one another. Um, like I said, my two best friends, one of them is my childhood friend, another one's from a, ch- a friend from high school. Um, and then just random people. Sometimes it may be somebody that you wouldn't have expected, you know, to come out and say, hey, you know, me too. Um, I've had just a few, but I've had a lot of people also say, hey, uh, well, you're young. You can try again. You'll be all right. So how, you know, do, just you handle, how do you handle those? How do you handle those moments? Because I know that, um, Amy, as someone who has suffered the loss of a child mm-hmm. and 
um, I know that even when we talked and I confided in you, you know, people people say things without thinking about what they say or the weight of what they say. And I yeah. think one of the dead weights that I experienced with miscarriage is people just assuming that because I'm young, I'll get over it. Mm-hmm. Like, you, yeah, they you think can have you- another baby. Like, it's, it's perfectly fine. No, you don't know that. Right. You don't know the anatomy of my body to determine that this is going to happen again or how quick I'll get over it. So how, when you do find situations like that, how do you, like, what do you tell, you know, us when these things filter, literally filter the information that you get, you know, everybody, they mean well, but they may not say well or say, you know, um, maybe what you want them to hear or whatnot. But that's why I say you have to filter it and you have to know like, okay, who do you have in your corner? Who you can talk to, who you can call to encourage, um, to be encouraged. You know what Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron. So one woman sharpens another. Um, You just have to know who's in your corner for you. But yeah, when you get that information from people or they say like some bogus things, you know, wish them well, bless them. They just don't know. Cause a lot of times it's like, you know, out of sight, out of mind, or if it never happened to me, then I don't know exactly what to say or how to handle it. Yeah. And you just have to be okay with everyone not, um, well, some people are ignorant to it because they, you know, haven't experienced it, but when that happens, they have to just, um, or you as a person, just filter it, you know, um, yeah, you're young, you can try again and things like that. I would say use that as an opportunity to break your silence and share with them a little bit more about your story so they can actually see like what you went through. Um, and then also promote the awareness of it and say, well, you know what, hey, this happens to one in four women, one in four women will experience a miscarriage, one in 50 pregnancies will end in an ectopic pregnancy. Every year, you know, there's a, like over 20,000 babies who are born still. And not only what you hear is the term or the stat, um, this is what happens to a mother when she experienced loss, you know, she has to go back to that doctor's office. and continue to get you know that blood work and those levels done and when she goes into that office she's reminded of what happened to her and she has to look at other women who are pregnant or would have been fur you know the same um along far along as she was and so it's a reminder to her and her pain um and you may have heard that she had a miscarriage but now she's battling with you know anger and guilt and rage and maybe some things that she was suppressing from childhood and other years, this may have been like the icing on the cake for her. So now a lot of more is coming up. So it's just like, take the time to just, you know, educate them on what pregnancy loss is, how um, they can best support someone. And honestly, if you have to just candidly tell them what it is and what it's not, then just say that, you know, hey, I appreciate and, you know, your concern, but that's really not something that a woman like me who you know, who's going through this really wants to hear, you know, um, however, I appreciate your concern, but, you know, just let them know if it's not something that's appropriate or, you know, just have those conversations, you know, like Michael Jackson used to say, with love, tell them, (laughs) (laughs) say something, say with love, you know, (laughs) at the end, I mean, because honestly, like I said, a lot of people are ignorant. They just really don't know what to say, don't know what to do. So you just take it, you know, okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Won't be talking to you again, but, you know, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think that that's really good advice because I I found that in our, especially in African-American communities, Mm -hmm. we act as if a miscarriage is a taboo subject Mm -hmm. because we walk on eggshells to address it instead of going into it like i i wish and this is this is what i always tell people i wish that i would have been notified at least knowledgeable of what this was what are the mm-hmm. symptoms what could happen so that in the case that it did mm-hmm. i would be prepared right you know usually you handle things better when you're prepared for it and when it's not looked down upon as a taboo subject then you your perspective is different and so yeah. i think that Another part of dropping dead weight is redefining what something is. 
I think mm-hmm. that if we could understand that a miscarriage is not your fault. Right. And a Absolutely. lot of senses, and especially with my situation, it was my body rejecting something that could endanger my life. And so we have to start changing our perspective on not just, you know, not just loss, pregnancy loss and infant loss, but in a mm-hmm. lot of other things that we just don't talk about because right. it's uncomfortable. Yeah, we have to change the narrative. Yeah, and we absolutely. have to, like I said, use those as teachable moments to promote the awareness of it and to talk about your story, um, share your story. Um, actually, I was talking to my doctor one time and he was actually saying that he was more astonished at the fact that people are born than there are miscarriages or pregnancy losses because your body actually does fight off the pregnancy or try to fight it off as if it's something like foreign mm-hmm. because it's different in your body um and everything that has to go on with a baby being um, created in the womb is so god yeah absolutely where there's it's not like they're going in every week every appointment okay now we're gonna put this in and now we're gonna put that in we're gonna put that in to make sure that it progresses and you know of course um full term at the end it's really something that they know that they really don't have their hands on. And yeah. so the fact that he said, you know, the fact that people are born, is more of the miracle than anything. Um, so it's just like, you know, like you said, with the black community, um, that's why I do like to talk about it. And unfortunately, a lot of women in the black community, we don't talk about it. Yeah. We don't share. And that's because over the years, you know, grandmama and them said what happens in this house stays <laughs> in this house. So you don't talk about it. You don't tell nobody your business. And but what happens? We keep recreating generations of women who are hurting and yeah. dealing with trauma and angry. And then you wonder why Keisha always popping her neck and always popping off and watching <laughs> this and that. Keisha's angry. She's upset. She's dealing with some stuff. Yes. But all the other women in the generations before her said, don't talk about right. it or, you know, but no, Help I need Keisha. to talk about it. Help yes. Keisha. You know? Help her. Help, help her. her. Help me. <laughs> Kevin Hart, help me. Help me. Help me. And that's what I was feeling like. I was like, Lord, help me. Somebody, please help me. You know? Um, but like I said, when I did open up and say something about it, here come like maybe two years later, one of my aunts said something happened to her. I'm like, wow. where was you at? Or, you? you know, yeah. So and also counseling. It's okay to believe no. So I wish we could change the narrative and, and um, well, we can. We can by breaking our silence and sharing our stories and flooding the timelines and talking about it, promoting the awareness and October 15th, which is National Wave of Light Day. Um, October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, but a lot of people don't know that because that's also Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which is um, also great causes as well. But like, talk about it, share your story, change the narrative and um, create collectives where we can get together of women and, and share our stories and talk about those things and stuff. But yeah, and I really wish in the Black community we would do better because a lot of times in my support groups, I don't hear it's not us who's showing up and registering, you know? Wow. Um, actually, more Black women will call me personally or text me personally or message me personally and want to talk privately versus actually coming wow. to a group session and actually getting the tools and everything they need. I'm like, no, I'll be fine. I just want to talk about it one time. Or, you know, I think we talked about it the other day, like just continuing want to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. It's fine to talk. And it's okay for me to call you and pray for you and those things, but you, sis, you have to put in the work. And if that means you need to go see a therapist or a counselor or um, enroll and register in a support group like Keys of Hope, do the work. You have to do the work. And a lot of times, not even just with this particular situation, people just want, you know, that that instant healing that instant change yeah. and that instant everything's going to be all right in an instant kind of thing but um grief is a process that you have to work through and um it's not easy and yeah. it's just best to go through it not alone um you because you're not alone there's so many other families and women who go through it so i think it's just time to change that narrative get you the support and the help that you need so you can be better for yourself your family and to fulfill your purpose. 
That's amazing. So you started talking about how people will call you and they will text you and they just want to talk through it. Or I just want to talk one time or I'll just be okay. Mm -hmm. I think that's another area that we need to drop dead weight. Yeah. Is that inability to be vulnerable in those moments where we should be. Yeah. And a lot of times I have found, especially with, um, we were a part of the group Mothers Like Us University. And that is where Anisha and I met Yay. virtually. Mm-hmm. Virtually. <laughs> and um, <laughs> actually, um, the the woman who, Tashana Burrell, who was on my podcast Tashana. last week, right? Shout out to Tashana. Um, she started this this movement basically mm-hmm. where she teaches us how to get over the or grow and evolve yeah. past our moments in our our times of trials and grief and sadness and all of those areas where we need healing in order. Mm-hmm to complete our next goal. And that goal in our program was writing a book, writing the book that God had given us, writing writing whatever God was giving us. Mm-hmm. And I found that I took my first step going through healing, and this wasn't even with the loss of a child, but it was with postpartum depression. I took my first step to overcome that by signing up for the group. Yeah, I put I took my second step by entering into the group every week and I <laughs> right. took my third step. And when we started, we were the only two people. I think we were the only two. We were the only two and, in our <laughs> session. Heal your heart, our, share your story. Yeah, Heal your heart, share your story. And <laughs> in those weeks, we both were in there, just us and Tashana talking about the areas in our lives where we were wrecked. Like we were hurt, we were wounded, we were incomplete. And that's where we really got deep. And that's when uh, Anisha and I really started to bond because I realized that there was someone else in the Mm -hmm. world that felt everything that I felt and that knew where I was and didn't look at me differently just because of who I was to other people. Mm -hmm. And I think at that moment, I dropped a ton of dead weight because just because people know me or identify me as something, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's my identity. Right. And so behind social media and what everybody else sees, I'm Kiera, the person who struggled with this and this and this right. and this. And mm-hmm. Anisha and Tashana saw all of that and they started to, okay, well, Kiera, this is how you get over this. and This is how you grow past this. And I think that we would, as a people and as people in general, would be a lot better if we started to just allow people to help us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and to I speak think- into our lives and fill us up and, and call you out on some stuff or yes. see some things, you know, um, cause actually that was so therapeutic. Yes. For both of us. <laughs> and like you said, the fact that like to find someone else who's experienced that same loss. And like I said, at that time I was walking away from friendships and stuff, but guys, you know, started to knit our hearts together. And I said, is she right down the road? Like, <laughs> down the street. Like, how? Okay. That's amazing. Like, when this pandemic is over, I'm getting in the car. Yes. <laughs> We're yes. going to link up. Because yes. I feel like we've known each other now for forever. But, I mean, I remember, like you said, it's what you put in is what you get out also. Because I remember coming to group session one time. And I just, like, bust out ground. <laughs> It was like, and then next thing you know, Pastor Kier, she pro- prophesied this person, this is that, and Angela, everybody just that going in, and then I'm going whole, in on you. That was a whole movement, okay? That was a my mind was blue. God move, like that's how you know that it's the right. Yeah, God positions us in the right moments if we take advantage of those moments. Yeah. And I think all of us really made the decision to say, okay, I don't care what. I don't even care what people may say when I tell them this. Mm-hmm. But when I got on there, I, I remember it was like the the second to last session or the last session. I was mm-hmm. just like, listen, I can't take this. <laughs> I am over this. <laughs> I am tired of fighting through this. And y'all just, y'all just went, went in. in. Okay. Yeah. I had to stay muted. <laughs> a lot because I was like oh the Lord is telling me to tell Kiara this this and that but 
It Cause they know every time I get on there, I'm like, oh, right. don't let me just say nothing. I'm like, I'm not trying to, cause I want to be on here just like here. I don't want to be on here. I'd rather, you know, cause putting in the work, honestly, putting in the work is hard. It's yeah. hard work. It's a lot of growth. But I told myself at the beginning of this pandemic, before I even knew anything about it, how long it, I think at first it was only supposed to be like, what, 14 days or a couple weeks or something yeah, like that. We yeah. went in in March, you'll be done by April, whatever. I said, okay, well, whatever this is, yeah. I'm coming out of this thing better than I went in. Because we always say, oh, I wish I had more time to do X, Y, and Z. Well, we had the time. He gave it to us. So yeah. what you going to do now? You know, but I had, I was determined. And I looked at myself in the mirror and said, Anisha, you got some stuff you need to deal with. Yes. You got some stuff that needs to be to be gone, you know. And eventually, you know, somebody will look back on this and say, okay, I understand where she was coming from. But I had some stuff I had to shed. I had to let go. God had began to speak to me about dropping the dead weight um, and shedding those things or whatever. But yeah, coming to that group, I didn't know that he was going to use that group and use perfect strangers. Yes. You know, to do the work, yes. you know, it was a bait. The bait was like writing and sharing yes. the story. That was the bait, <laughs> but it was so much more that came out of it. We leaving yes. crying. And right. Every week, not- my husband would be like, <laughs> what are y'all? you doing in there? <laughs> exactly. I thought this was your writing class. You know, your journal prop writing right. class. You coming all out like, you know, looking like whatever, hair right. everywhere, eyes off. <laughs> It was a lot, but you know what? I thank God for it, for the growth and everything. Had I not been in it, I wouldn't have found out even more about my purpose and everything that God had me, what he wants for me to do. So I'm grateful for it. I agree. So we got two last questions for you. The first one is, okay, so this year has been an amazing year for you. Can we just say that? You are a whole doula. (laughs) I am a whole doula. Birth, bereavement, and postpartum. So can you tell us a little bit about why you became a doula? Yes. Okay, so um, Full Circle Doula Services is what my business is called. Full Circle Doula Services, LLC. Um, When I gave birth to my daughter, or well, around that time as I was preparing to give birth to her in 2014, um, God had began to speak to me about how I wanted my birth to look and how to be in control of the birth because I don't have anything to compare this to. I've never given birth before. I was like, God, you have to give me some contractions because I've never had cramps before in my life. You know, I don't oh, wow. know what this feels like. So <laughs> I'm kind of scared. So it was a lot of fear trying to come at me, but he taught me how to have a birth without fear. And then just randomly, so many other like young ladies would call me and was asking me questions about, you know, how to prepare for birth and what they should do, how to advocate for themselves. Um, or they needed, you know, a support person. They didn't have like, you know, their child's father or they just needed some extra support or lactation information and stuff. And so I, without knowing like at that time, you know, the role of a doula or anything like that, and I wasn't a trained doula, a certified doula, I just offered them the support and I checked in with them and had, you know, weekly meetings or I would go over there with them. I went to the hospital before and discharged them or was with them when they did that and advocated for them just out the kindness of my heart. And I didn't know what it was, but I know it was something, but I felt good about it. My heart was full after I would help them. And so um, this year during the pandemic, I kept seeing an email from a young lady um, Erica McAfee of Sisters in Loss in um, Maryland. Um, I kept getting her emails every day and I kept ignoring the email about, you know, starting the doula trainings. And I, I deleted it every day, every day for like two months. Cause already, I'm already sitting up here messing around with Tashana and, and Kira. I don't have time <laughs> to be <laughs> messing around with nobody else. Look, I'm, don't ask I'm, me nothing else. I don't know if I got any more to give to anybody else right now because they tear me up. Okay. So, (laughs) no, but, um, so like two days before the class started on a Sunday night, it was a Friday, I sat down and checked my emails. I literally felt like Holy Spirit sat me down and told me to read the email. And I read the email as I'm reading the email, 
he began to remind me like you've already been doing the work and he reminded me of every birth even you know down to my nephews um every person that I supported through birth but without the certification he said you've already been doing the work but this is what I need you to do I need you to take this training and I got my questions down and I called her and asked her you know um some questions got some information she even gave me a little discount bless it hallelujah um to to enroll so that was great but as I'm in the class and I'm and I'm learning and I'm growing in the information and education God began to just say full circle full circle and I kept saying okay what are you saying and he just kept saying full circle full circle so I said okay so he was like pretty much I'm restoring you back to a place in which you have previously been before but this time I'm returning you back um empowered and it's twofold because it's like I've already been doing it, you know, but this time with the certification. But I'm also um, empowering you to go back to the scene of birth where the enemy tried to take you out, Ooh. where the enemy thought he had you and where he won. Because perhaps, Ooh. you know, my my children are in heaven now growing up with God. However, I'm returning you back to that scene. Empowered. And to teach other women how to have a birth without fear and have a self-determining birth and to help them, especially through the fourth um, trimester, which is what people don't talk about a lot. You know, we buy the baby shower gifts and um, we do everything and we got the cribs, we got the car seats, we got Mm -hmm. all the pretty things. Cool. But even the strongest woman herself can tell you, you know, even Beyonce alluded to it before, like after having giving birth, you can be the strongest, most healthiest fit person and mentally fit person. But postpartum um, mood disorders are real. Um, You know, the baby blues are real. Um, And just getting, um, getting back to normalcy, not even really getting back to normalcy. I would say there's a rebirth that happens also for the mother and for the woman as well. And a lot of times we don't talk about that. So that's where I come in. I love postpartum. I love that because I'm able to help them with um, their mother and themselves, taking care of themselves and becoming acquainted with them after this rebirth into womanhood, into motherhood, maybe a first time, second, third, fourth, fifth time, however many children they have, but just getting reacquainted with themselves and loving their bodies and saying it's okay to um, have the body I have after giving birth to my babies and just helping them mentally and creating self-care routines for themselves and how to nurture themselves. Unfortunately for women, after you have a baby, you have to wait like six weeks before you see a doctor. That's a lot of trauma that has happened to your body and your emotions and things like that. So having a support person and someone to help you um, say, okay, you know what? It's been two, three weeks. It's time to go see a physical therapist or maybe you need to go see a chiropractor or let's go get a massage so just connecting with your baby during that time as well we want that to be more enjoyable than a time where you're stressed and you're not getting all the sleep you need but it's only because you haven't really properly assessed who can help you and support you at that time so that's what I helped them put together a plan and I, I love it I love it and I've been seeing God just do amazing things as he has restored me back to the place of um birth the scene of birth just to let the enemy know you ain't win god wins you know period the victory is won and and here i am so that is awesome anisha okay so the last question is do you have anything that you would like to announce is anything happening for you other than like you are a doula and keys of hope are there any other things happening um there's some other things happening but you know me key <laughs> i like to move in silence a little bit so i know <laughs> but i am i'm still i'm working on my writing and things like that so i'm excited about that whenever god will allow me to share um keys of hope is just growing it's moving we are registering if um any women are if you've experienced first of all if you're listening to the podcast or watching and you have experienced a pregnancy loss you've lost your baby um due to a miscarriage ectopic pregnancy a molar pregnancy a chemical pregnancy um or um a child loss or infant loss um my sincerest deepest condolences go to you and your family i'm sorry that you have had to experience that loss um but i want you to know that you are not alone that you will survive and that um especially if you're in the great lakes bay region or flint 
um, surrounding areas. Um, there is support and there is hope. I'm here. I'm um, reachable. I will call you. I will come by. I will come see you. Um, but we have our hope class starting back up um, in February. And so if you're interested in having more information about that, you can visit keysofhopefoundation.com slash support group. Um, and then we're also working on a couple other events for PAL families. And again, PAL is P-A-I-L, Pregnancy and Infant Loss Families. Um, so that way we can continue to break the silence and support other families in the region and get them the resources and the tools that they need and also um, to promote the awareness of it. But also one big thing that um, I'm really about when it comes to Keys of Hope is helping you to honor the life of your child because that helps with the grieving process because some of the families may not have had the opportunity to meet their babies if it was like, you know, early on pregnancy. Um, so getting closure is really important. Yeah. And a lot of times if um, it's how you um, place that. So if you actually remember your, your baby as a person, as the person that they are um, and the person that they were, whether it be like giving them a nickname or, or giving them a name or doing something special when the anniversary or that due date comes around, that's really important. And it helps the mother, it helps the family. Um, and it just also allows you to have a platform where you can share your story and, and help other families as well and not have that grief continue to be a source of, um, of trauma to you yeah. every year. And, you know, you're becoming angrier and angrier and angrier and pushing people away. And yeah, we just, we don't want that to happen. So um, I, I can discuss that a little bit more with them, but I'm working on just a lot of um, things with Keys of Hope and Again, if you are in that area also and you need a doula for your birth or um, for your postpartum services, um, please give me a call. Or you can also, um, that's also full, I'm sorry, keysofhopefoundation.com slash full circle doula. Um, more information is on there as well. So yeah, that's what I'm doing other than that, just baking here and there. Um, <laughs> Been a mommy to my rainbow baby. She'll be six next month. Ah! I know. <sighs> She'll be six next month, but I thank God for her. Um, just helping her with homeschooling and all that good stuff right now and teaching her about health care and stuff now, you know, her body and um, her maternal health now, even though she's, you know, almost six, you know, just it's important what we put in our bodies, what we put on our bodies and just taking care of ourselves now and things like that. And, and just um, being a great wife and every day just still appreciating and affirming Anisha and growing. So I'm just on a, a journey to just becoming a greater version of myself every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is amazing. Thank you so much, Anisha, for You're being on the podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm so excited for you and all that God is doing for you and through you. Thank you. Same to you. You're well, killing it. Um, well, thank you very, very I much. Love <laughs> I love you too. And thank you to everyone who's tuned into this podcast today. And remember, the only one stopping you is you. See ya. Bye.